Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon. And now, here's Nancy. Welcome everyone, I'm Nancy and I want to talk today a little bit about new beginnings. It doesn't matter what day it is or what time of the year it is, or what time of your life it is for that matter, every moment is or can be a new beginning. Many, many people this year have told me how glad they are that last year has finally ended. So many of us have suffered too much in 2014 and in the last several years, to be to be honest. And we're hoping that with the flip of the calendar, things are going to change. Life is going to get better. Our challenges won't be so daunting and we can finally have that sense of lasting happiness that seems to have eluded us for so long. When it comes right down to it, what we are all hoping for is freedom, freedom from suffering. But before I take you down that path and onto the journey of a lifetime, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about me. I live in a house with a crooked fence. When I was a little girl, I dreamed of a nice little cottage with an unkempt garden and flowers and vines growing everywhere. This little cottage was so colorful and it had a a white picket fence with a gate in the front and a walkway leading up to the front door. You know, one of those gingerbread houses you walk by and think, hmm, wonder who lives there? About 35 years ago, my then-husband, I'm not currently married or in a relationship, and I don't mind saying it, we bought our first house, our only house, actually. I'm still living in it 35 years later. It's an old Victorian home. One day we decided to put up a picket fence. I think the idea was to eventually fence in the entire property to let our then four dogs run free in the yard without getting out and being hit by a car on the busy street in front of our house. We measured the front and side yard along the driveway and got all the materials to just start building the fence. That's all the money we had for the front and the side. I laid out a section on the driveway and started playing with the boards, trying to decide what design to use for the pickets. I mean, there were so many different styles that I loved. We were out there for hours, and my husband said, I'm going in for lunch. And he tossed the boards onto the 8-foot section and... When they landed, I said, that's it. He said, what's it? That's it. That's the picket pattern that I want. Of course, his response was, you've got to be kidding. But I wasn't. I was dead serious. Straight up and down, playing by the rules, doing what everybody else does has never been my thing. I love the accidental asymmetrical design of the fence, and I think my husband secretly liked it too, because he didn't argue about building it with me granite he blamed it on me every time someone stopped him on the street and asked him if he was drunk when he built it but i didn't care it's still the most unique fence in town in fact 30 years later i still get at least two gawkers every week drive by turn around slowly and sneakily take a picture of the fence i wonder when they get home and and look at their photos if they notice me peeking out at them from behind the curtain in the upstairs window I don't call it a crooked fence. I say it's slightly askew. Everybody else says it's crooked. I thought it'd be a good name for my radio show, too. It highlights part of my personality. That's why the slightly askew with Nancy at noon. This year, I wanted to add more color to my life and had the brilliant idea of painting a wild, colorful design on the fence. 
My daughter Haley is going to do the painting. She she's always been interested in graffiti art, so I'm going to give her a rainbow palette of paints and let her go wild. Since she will be creating a work of art and I want it to last, I want it to last years and years, I figured I needed to fix it up a bit. I need to scrape and sand and prepare the fence so her artwork doesn't chip off. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think I've painted it for at least 10 years. And like all good paintings, there needs to be a solid foundation laid first. I didn't have the time to do it when the weather was good this year, and now, of course, it's winter. So that is a definite project for spring. My graffiti fence. I've never lived by the rules, but it is important to know what the rules are before you go and break them. I've always taught my daughters that. Learn the rules first and then go break them. It's always been important for me to make my own decisions in life. I like brainstorming and asking others their opinion, but I do it only to get more clarity for myself. I miss painting. I miss making jewelry. I miss all the creative work I used to do. I don't think I've painted anything for probably, what, I don't know, maybe maybe two years or more now. I had to put it all on the back burner and deal with some critical issues that came to the forefront these last few years. You know, I think the, the last creative thing I did was uh, take a cake decorating class. Yeah, that's, I think that's what it was. My, I love taking classes, all kinds of different classes. My younger daughter, Ariana, liked to bake and decorate. So a few years ago, I signed her up. It must have been many years ago because she's in her third year of university now, and this was way back. I, but anyway, I signed her up for a cake decorating class at the local bulk farm. She didn't want to take the class without me, so I signed up also and bought all the tools and ingredients for two of us. And it was pretty expensive, all the things you need for cake decorating. She quit after the first class, but I kept going. I liked it. I thought we were going to decorate styrofoam forms, but nope. We decorated real cakes each week, which meant every week we had to bring a cake in. I thought we were going to decorate styrofoam forms, but nope. We decorated real cakes each week, which meant every week we had to bring a cake in. I learned how to make the prettiest cakes with the most delicious icing, and I just I liked it, so I just kept baking them. You know, it was a way for me to release some of my creative energy in projects that could be completed in a couple of hours. Then I'd start baking cakes when I needed a break from work or just to relax. I can't even do that now because my oven broke about a month ago. But anyway, you know, it was the the way for me to use my creative energy and just sort of express myself when I, I really couldn't get to doing my painting. But you know what? My life is about living my passions. I have more than one passion. Most creative people do. We do what we do because we love doing it. It's not about the money, although that can be a great incentive to keep doing what we love rather than selling out to work at a job we hate. I know selling out may be a a bit of a harsh term to use because sometimes you have to take whatever job you can get and make the most of it. I know. I understand that. But I'm a big believer that we can all live the life we want to live. I think right now we let big corporations control where we work, what we eat, how we think, and the purchases we make. That's not the way I want to live, and I think there are many people today who feel the same way. We want to make choices based on our own truth, not what someone else says is the truth. We don't know what the truth is anymore. One research study says one thing, a second study says another, and a third, fourth, and fifth say something else entirely. What is the truth? I think that's something we all have to discover for ourselves. My guru says, the truth is something that never changes. Lately, I've been doing a lot of 
truth-searching, shall I say. I've been asking myself, why did I start this radio station? I don't have any real radio experience. I haven't spent my life in the radio industry. What do I know about running a radio station? I believe the path opens up for us when we're ready to walk the path, whatever that path may be. And possibilities present themselves that we perhaps never could have imagined. Here's a quick example. Last winter was absolutely brutal for me and for a lot of other people. The snow never stopped. I was snow blowing my driveway about two times a day. It took up half of my day. The other half was spent bringing in firewood, cleaning ashes out of the wood stove, keeping the fires going all day and all night. The temperatures were so cold and the price of furnace oil was beyond my budget, so I had to shut off the furnace like four years ago. That meant I was up every two hours putting wood in the stove all night long. Seriously. This went on for months. When April rolled around, I was exhausted. I hadn't slept a full night in several months. And this past fall, I thought, how am I going to survive another winter like this? Or even just any kind of winter. I mean, it gets cold. It gets snowy. The fire needs to be kept. The furnace oil isn't going down in price. I can't afford to be a slave to staying warm. I couldn't go through what I had gone through in the past couple of years. I mean, it's not like I'm getting any younger. Then one day in October, out of the blue, a woman from the United Way called me and said they would like to give me $500 for my electric bill. And would I like to come in for a meeting? Uh, yeah. And not only did they give me 500 for the electric, they gave me 500 for for furnace oil. And they are coming to insulate my whole house from the basement to the attic. And if that's not enough, they're going to replace my fridge, freezer, dehumidifier, and air conditioner if they find them to be inefficient. I don't have a dehumidifier, and I certainly don't need an air conditioner, but the point of this story is that I had no idea whatsoever how I was going to get through this winter, and there's no way I ever could have imagined this possibility. I mean, really, someone is going to come and insulate my old Victorian home. I was in tears when I left that meeting. It's some sort of government initiative to help lower-income individuals with their heating bills. Apparently, it's cheaper to insulate and pay for some of our heating bills than it is for them to tell the utility companies to lower their fuel costs so that everybody can afford it. As an aside, I've been doing some clearing out of old bills and papers and using them for uh, fire starters. And, you know, out of curiosity, I just happened to look at some of those bills. Back in 2002, the cost of furnace oil was 42 cents a liter. Today, it's 94 cents. Last winter, it was about $1.20. Anyway, all I'm saying is that the path Party. has been cleared for me. It's up to me to recognize the opportunities and make the most of them, just like it's up to you to recognize your opportunities and make the most of them. And I believe that the path opens when we are ready to serve others by living our truth. And that's what I'm doing with this radio station and this radio show. So I've been asking myself, what do I want my show to be about? What can I talk about that would be interesting to you and to me? The answer has always been, and always will be, to talk about what I'm passionate about and what I want to learn. For me, that covers a lot of stuff. But in a way, it doesn't matter what I talk about as long as I'm honest with you. It means being authentic and transparent. I'd love to say everything in my life is working exactly as I'd like it to, but you already know it isn't. And I'm okay with that to a certain extent. I don't mind being open and sharing my struggles and victories with you because somewhere in there, you may find hope, strength, or inspiration to get through your own struggles with courage. 
I want to start doing art again. I'll tell you a little story about Vincent Van Gogh that you may or may not know. I'm telling it to you because I relate to it so well. He only sold one painting in his entire lifetime. It was called the Red Vineyard, for anybody who wants to know. He only became famous after his death because of his sister-in-law. She collected all his paintings, drawings, sketches, and letters after his death and dedicated herself to getting him the recognition he deserved. Yeah, I don't relate to that part. I don't think any of my sister-in-laws are going to do that. Van Gogh painted 900 paintings in 10 years. I mean, that just puts me to shame. I tell you, it does. Altogether, he created 2,000 pieces of art, and he wrote 800 letters. Back then, they didn't have computers. He hand-wrote every one of those letters, probably with a quill pen dipped in a jar of ink. Can you imagine? Each letter was a work of art. I love those old hand-quilled letters. I sometimes use um, copies of them in some of my collage pieces. Van Gogh didn't have a proper art studio. I mean, I even have an art studio. He rented a small room and was forced to go outside into the fields of France to paint. I work in my art studio. I'm not one of these weather people. Go out and have all your paints blown around. Ah, it's just not for me. But he was also not a very healthy man. He suffered from epilepsy, hallucinations, and mental illness, among other things. So they say... I don't think we can ever truly say what is going on inside the body or mind of any individual back then or even today. Keep in mind, we are talking about the mid to late 1800s. They were still treating everything from scraped knees to constipation with mercury. Yes! Rub it on or swallow it. Apparently it was the cure-all for everything. I remember back when I was in... uh, sixth grade science class the teacher passed around some mercury and let us all play with it i loved it the slippery little it was it was cool we didn't know we were 10 years old and more naive than kids today i guess the teachers didn't even know either it's interesting though that some of the symptoms of mercury poisoning are hallucinations violent muscle spasms psychotic reactions suicidal tendencies heart lung and chest problems All symptoms of which Van Gogh suffered. I'm not suggesting anything. Or am I? Yes, I am. We tend to label then categorize people and diseases, and people with diseases, and especially artists. They say he made good art because he was crazy. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he was crazy because he made good art. I can totally relate. I can't begin to tell you how frustrated it's made me having a house filled with gorgeous art and no connections or marketing skills to sell it. Frustrated is perhaps being conservative. It drives me absolutely insane. There are several components to the creative act. Let me tell you. Painting something is just the first part. If it is not received, it leaves the experience unfinished. It must be received. That doesn't mean people have to like it. But it does mean there has to be some sort of energy exchange. Otherwise, it just keeps building and building into greater potential for suicide. Art is not just an expression of the artist. It is a piece of them so real it could be their arm or leg. Or in most cases, their heart. What happens when you love someone so much and all that love is bottled up inside you? It's not exactly the same, but it sure is similar. It's not like you need to be loved back. 
but you need your love to be received by someone. Otherwise, the circle is not complete. It's the same for art and artists. We need our work to be received, or else the circle is just not complete. That brings me right back around to suffering. For those of you who have just tuned in, I'm Nancy, and you're listening to Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon on Dynamic Talk Radio. I'm talking about art and putting an end to suffering. When I don't do the things I love, like art, it hurts me on so many levels. And spending so much of my time doing things I have to do but don't want to do caused me to lose a really important piece of myself. If you're wondering why I stopped painting, it's because I ran out of room on my walls to hang my art. And I got frustrated because of the reason I ran out of room to hang my art. Right now there are 12 paintings and bas-relief sculptures hanging in my living room alone. And that's just one room. I literally live inside a one-woman art gallery. In one sense, I'm really lucky because I'm surrounded by gorgeous art, but the other side is that I'm the only one who gets to see it. The full creative cycle is not complete. I know exactly how Van Gogh felt, except for the hallucination part. By the way, some art historians think uh, Van Gogh committed suicide, but others say it was a young boy who did it when he was cleaning his malfunctioning gun. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know. When it comes right down to it, what we are all looking for is freedom. Freedom from suffering. We feel bound by circumstances and events that somehow seem out of our control. Let's take an example that almost everyone can relate to. Finances. Many of us in Canada and the United States have been struggling to either stay above water or climb out from the whirlpool that's been sucking us under. It's been hard on a lot of people. We could blame it on the economy. The U.S. is facing the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression, and it's downright scary. The homeless population has increased significantly due to loss of jobs, falling incomes, fewer benefits, and job insecurity. Declining wages has put affordable housing out of the reach for many people, especially for low-income families and individuals. Do you know that a full-time minimum wage worker needs to work 87 hours each week to afford a two-bedroom substandard rental apartment? According to what statistics call worst-case housing needs, defined as households paying over half their income for rent to live in substandard housing, that accounts for 6 million households in America. If those households average two residents each, That's over a quarter of the population of the United States. And I'm being conservative with these figures because low-income earners usually have more than two occupants per household. Those numbers aren't just shocking. They're appalling and, again, scary, at least for me, because I'm not one of those in the higher-income brackets who can shrug this off and pretend it's going to get better. I don't know how to make the outside circumstances get better. My abilities lie in altering internal landscapes. The being happy no matter what part. It's also easy to blame the tough times we've been having on lots of other things, like wherever the heck Saturn is in our astrological landscape. I don't really know. I've been too busy dealing with my challenges to keep up with the alignment of the planets. Except, of course, for when Mercury is in retrograde. It's not, so don't worry about that until about, I don't know, mid-January or so. Why would we blame our struggles on Saturn? Why not? Saturn is the planet of discipline and hard work, and 2014 was certainly all about hard work. 
or we could blame our tough times and suffering on our partners, or lack of partner, parents, kids, neighbors, or just plain bad luck. But I can tell you right now, none of it's going to stick. And putting the responsibility on someone or something else is not going to help us get through whatever we're being challenged by right now. And because I'm here to uplift and inspire, I don't want to focus on suffering. I want to focus on what's at the other end of suffering. Freedom. If you think you're free, think again. Very few people in the world today are truly free. But the ones who are free have devoted their lives to giving us the methods to reach this ultimate freedom. I hang out with a lot of them, so I'm going to pass on to you what I've learned. The first step to being free is to face our suffering. We have to stop running from it. Yep, we have to stop running and start facing our suffering. No way. I'm not saying it's going to be pleasant, but I can tell you there will be an end to it, eventually. Whereas running just brings us more of what we're running away from. We all know that doesn't work. That's why the whole world is going through such a crisis of unhappiness. I wouldn't say the crisis is financial or poor health or even overpriced housing. I would say we are in a crisis of global unhappiness. And I think that if we can turn that around, it will make the rest of our challenges much, 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 much easier to deal with. Since step one is to stop and face our suffering, how do we actually do that? Well, we all know the monster under the bed never goes away until we lift up the blankets and shine the flashlight on him. Then as if by magic, poof, he disappears, vanishes into thin air, never to be seen again. Uh, We actually had real ghosts in my house when my girls were young, and we metaphorically shone the light on them and they went away. But that's a story for another time. If you've got uninvited guests, I will certainly be willing to help you evict them from the premises, but not today. Today, we are talking about freedom from suffering and how to achieve it. And even though ghosts in your attic or in your wine cellar could be causing you a lot of suffering, forget about them for right now. So what kind of suffering am I talking about? Well, suffering can mean anything that brings us pain and sorrow. It could be physical, like sickness, cancer, fatigue, or injury. It could be mental and emotional suffering, like depression, loneliness, frustration, despair, fear, or anxiety. Or it could be spiritual suffering, such as lack of hope, a lost sense of faith, or feeling like you have no purpose in life. We've probably all gone through some form of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual suffering at one time or another. I would say when I stopped doing art, it was a form of spiritual suffering for me. And a couple weeks ago, I fractured my ribs and I'm still going through a lot of physical pain. It's amazing how much we need and rely on every part of our body to function easily and comfortably. I wasn't doing anything fun or exciting when I broke it. I wasn't ziplining across the Grand Canyon or lifting a truck to save a child's life. I wasn't rock climbing or parasailing over the Bay of Cannes or Zorbing. That's insane anyway. Have you ever heard of Zorbing? It's this huge ball that you get inside of. Someone throws some water into the ball so it feels like you're inside a washing machine. I mean, really, who has never wanted to experience being tossed all over the place in a washing machine? But that's not what you're paying 100 bucks for. Nope. The grand finale is when they push the ball with you inside it down a steep hill and you hurl down that hill at about 35 miles an hour. So nope, I wasn't even zorbing. I was at the local landfill site and somehow or other I managed to heave myself into the solid round metal guardrails at some weird contorted angle when I was putting garbage in the bin. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. 
I thought it was just a severe bruise, so I put some Tremel cream on it, hoping it would go away. But it got worse. <coughs> Calm down. It was my own fault. I kept carrying in firewood and did a bunch of yard cleanup that required heavy lifting, plus all my other daily chores. About a week later, I went into the hospital and got an x-ray, and the doctor said, Yep, there's a fracture. Are you okay? Yeah, don't worry about me. I'm a trooper. But thanks for asking, because that brings me right back to our question about how to end suffering. And just so we're clear, self-induced absorbing is not the way to do it. Since I've had to rest a lot since my fracture, I've used my time to listen to a lot of different spiritual masters. I'm really into some of the Buddhist masters like Thich Nhat Hanh. I hope I pronounced that right. He says, according to the Buddha, that it is only through suffering that we will ever find ultimate freedom and love. Through suffering comes compassion. Through compassion comes love. And love is the ultimate freedom. To end suffering, we must face it. And the way to face it is to be present with it. Running away doesn't necessarily mean putting on a rebox and doing a marathon to the other side of the world, although for some people it does mean that. Running away means being somewhere, anywhere, other than here in our own body. How is that even possible? It's not only possible, it's the way most people live on a daily basis. I've been facing my suffering in many areas of my life, but until recently I didn't realize I was running away from an area where the wounds were much deeper. And any time you take a spiritual hit, it's a million times worse than a broken bone or a lawsuit. So I decided to start painting again. I'm going to do one painting per week. I'll find a way to complete the creative circle. I don't know what that is yet, but the 21st century is different from the 19th century. We have the internet. Van Gogh did not. I will post my paintings on the Dynamic Talk Radio blog each week, starting this week. This week I will post the last painting I did a few years ago. What I lost when I gave up painting was the silence. When I do my art or my creative work, it brings me totally into the present moment. And only in this moment can we access the silence within ourselves. And that place of silence is freedom. The only way you will know that truth is to try it for yourself. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch me again next week at the same time, same place. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you that I started an online talk radio station called Dynamic Talk Radio. We have a great lineup of on-air talent with a mission to uplift, motivate, educate, and make your life happier, healthier, and more fulfilling. We broadcast all day, every day, and you can listen to us by going to dynamictalkradio.com and clicking on the Listen Live button. Also, you can listen to us right from your phone. Scroll down to the bottom of the home page and download our free phone apps. We launched January 1st, 2015, so if you've missed any of our shows, you can find some of them in the uh, blog archive. Click on the radio show host's name, and you will be able to listen at your leisure. Please come check us out. Thanks for joining us on Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon. We've enjoyed your company and hope it's been fun for you, too. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and family because they might like us, too. You can find us online at nancyatnoon.com. We've got fascinating blog posts, recipes, self-help books, weight loss CDs, coaching programs, art, jewelry, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Go ahead, check us out. You'll be glad you did. Nancy at Noon. Dot com.